Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? Really was tempted to just scare Miss Gabe right there, but then I thought, no, that would be bad. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I did, it would really be bad if you fell off the stage and it wouldn't be good. Just come on up, hon. It's okay. We partner on everything else. Wow. Are you good? Need a pillow? You all right? Wow. That whole two shall become one thing is really kind of weird. <laughs> That's sort of a small flavor of what the kids get to experience every weekend um, over in the youth room. Hey, I am just so privileged, happy, excited to be here um, to share God's word with you this morning. Um, it's a little different, right? So you just sort of have to blend in a little bit. I'm more used to a bunch of kids that are over there opening... Uh, Paper chip packets, pop, talking. So if you if you have a paper chip bag, just open it up, crinkle it or something, make some noise to make me feel comfortable. Hey, if you feel like yelling amen, that'd be awesome. Um, it's very active. Yeah, well, pretty much at the appropriate time would be good. Seriously. Um, we do have a designated amener in our youth group, so I'm hoping he's awake somewhere in the back. Um, so I just cued him, make sure he stays awake the whole message. Uh, so that's really good. I'm, how about our youth over there, man? There's some all over the place. Hey, those guys are amazing. Um, the shirts that they're wearing was not on my, my idea. I don't have an ego problem. I don't need my face on everybody's shirt. Um, so it was a birthday present that they all did for me in March. So that was really awesome. I appreciate those guys. You know what? Church at DCC is really amazing. We have to practice that a little bit better. And, and our mission really in youth is to what? Love God, love people for life, right? So that's really our mission for that. Austin, I don't want you to fill out, man. If you want to come sit over there, you, you know, you're okay. It's okay if you sit next to your mom. It's all right. All right. So I tend to talk a long time, um, so I'm, I apologize straight up front. And Pastor Johnson said, stop talking about time. So I'm just going to mention it right up front and say, hey, we're here till about 2 this afternoon. So just buckle in and we'll be okay. Hey, our text today comes from the book of Matthew. We're continuing on our series for um, the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 5, 13 through 16. It should be on the screen behind me, and it says this. You are salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer, no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Pretty well-known scripture, right? Raise your hand if you've read that at least 20 times, right? We've, a lot of us have read that. If you've never read it, that's awesome. God is here speaking to you now. I really hope that you came to church today expecting something. More than that, I hope you came to church expecting God Almighty reach into your soul and talk to you. 
reach into your soul and meet you right where you're at. Because if you didn't, my question is, why are you here? Right? So I really hope that you came with that expectation. My whole goal, my whole desire is that you don't see me up here, is that you see God. You see God speaking to you directly. And that's really the goal, and that's what we're going to do. So this section of Scripture comes right in the, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So Pastor Bob did a really great job of leading us to hear. And last week he talked about all of the Beatitudes. Blessed are, it says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Right? It's all about the setup. And I think it's really phenomenal and very intentional... Coincidence that this section of scripture is right here. Because I think it really is important that it talks about in the first part of Matthew that you've got to take care of your relationship with God first. You take care of your relationship with God and then it gets to this statement. You notice in the first two words of this section of scripture that we're on, it says, you are. Man, if you're going to leave with one thing this morning, leave with those two words. You are. Let me just review for a little bit of who this section of Scripture is talking about. So Jesus is walking around, and everywhere he went, multitudes of crowds followed him. Right? So this section of Scripture, if you go back to Matthew 5, chapter, verse 1, it says that he grabs his disciples, he takes them onto a mountainside, and he starts to talk to his disciples, where there just happened to be a whole ton of people around him also talking. But I think it's important that he's talking to his disciples, because I think he's talking to anyone who believes that Jesus is Lord. That means you. If you're in this audience today, and if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this scripture is for you. This scripture is talking to you. Jesus is saying, you are. Jesus is saying, you are. You need to know that right up front. We need to be on the same page. Because if you miss that fact, then salt and light don't mean anything. You won't be salty or lighty. Or lit. So here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Uh, well, I don't know if it's funny to me, but it was funny to Pastor Jonathan at the time, and it was funny to me, so I got to give him props for this. He says, so we were talking about the messages, and, and Pastor Bob was saying the course of the time, who's preaching on what, and, and so I get salt and light, which is cool, and, and so Pastor Jonathan comes to me and says, Craig, I have a sermon title for you. You are salty lit. <laughs> That's awesome. You are salty lit. That's great. But the text says you are. It's a statement of fact. You notice it doesn't say you are if. It doesn't say if you clean yourself up, if you read the Bible more, if you pray more, if, if. It doesn't say if. It's left out intentionally because it says you are. You are. Are. You need to know that. You need to know your identity in Christ. That's why I think it's very intentional that it's right after the Beatitudes. Because if you get the Beatitudes right, if you work on your relationship with God, and, you, and he talks to you, and you get to identify who God says you are, then this really 
comes alive to you. You are salt. You are light. Where you are today, right when you walked into this place, if you're a Christian, you are light. You are salt. You don't have to clean yourself up to be light or salt. Does God want you to clean yourself up? Yes. Does God want you to work on your relationship with him? Yes. That's why it talks about it in the first 12 verses of Matthew 5. That's the Beatitudes. That's why I think it's very intentional that this. Most of us, when we read, be honest with yourself, when you read verse 13, you skip right over the first sentence and you go to the second sentence. But if salt loses its saltiness, anybody in the room, go right to the second sentence other than me. It's okay to raise your hand. It's like school, right? Okay, good. I won't call on you unless you fall asleep and then something else happens. All right, so a lot of us go to the second line because we think that there's a problem. We think that we have to do something. We think that, that we, have so, we have too much junk in our life. But I'm here to tell you, you got to read the first two lines. You are salt of the earth. You are. You need to turn to your neighbor and say, you are. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you are, and really mean it. (laughs) So Jesus makes a distinction here between two types of people. You are. He makes a distinction between Christians and the rest of the world. You need to understand your identity, as I've already said. Otherwise, you're the same as the Pharisees. Listen to me. Man, let me just tell you a little bit about the Pharisees if you don't know who they are. They were the religious, quote, religious people of the day that kind of walked around and looked religious. They did all the right things. They said all the right, right things, right? But they looked religious. But it wasn't in their heart, right? So if you don't understand your identity in Christ, you potentially could do all the right things, but your heart's not in the right place. So you just need to understand the first thing is that you are, you are. The world needs salt and light. The world needs it. We're going to talk about what it is to be salt and light in the world. The world needs it. You can't open anything on media today and not get your share of bad news. I heard last night, just the, or the, um, this morning, I opened up media, and there was a shooting at a Waffle House in another state somewhere, right? So there's a lot. You can kind of distance yourself from things far away, but let's move a little closer to home. Just this week, in youth group alone, we heard of a story where a kid was walking across the street and another kid was texting and driving, hit the kid, and that guy's in a coma now. Life is rough. He's doing better, by the way, a little bit, okay? He's kind of breathing on his own, talking, coughing on his own. So we're really praying. His name is Ezekiel, right? So if you'd lift him up in prayer, that'd be amazing. We also heard the same week that a friend of one of our, an uncle of one of our youth leaders got diagnosed with leukemia. Had two weeks to live. Before youth group ended, he passed away. Life is rough. There's some stuff going on. So take it out of the serious, right? Because that's just crazy. Who wants to talk? Well, Craig, you're a big downer dude. Well, you need to lighten up a little bit, right? So let's talk about something. I just had a conversation today with someone coming into church, right? So this would happen to him two week, today, this week. 
He had to go to the dentist. He had to got a root canal and got some gum work done. And then he had to go to the auto mechanic. Two of the worst things in the world possible. Amen. Yes, amen. Man, when you go to one of them, you just hand him your wallet and say, okay. I hate the dentist and the mechanic. If you're a mechanic, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're a dentist, I know you do the right thing. I just hate going. <laughs> but there's a life is hard. There might be some other things in this room tonight, today, this morning, whatever time of day it is, that, that you guys are struggling with on your own. There's probably some health issues. There's probably some things that you're struggling with. There's probably some family members that you're praying for. There's, there's probably stuff in your life. But the Bible says you are salt. You are light. We can be that. We not can be. We are that. We are salt and light. And it says that. The world needs it. The world needs salt and light. Look what it says in John chapter 14. It's on the screen behind me. It says that, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. This is Jesus talking, and he's saying to a bunch of disciples, Christians, to you and to me, that we will do greater things than Jesus. Man, I don't know if you've read the Gospels lately, but Jesus did some amazing things. Hard for me to believe that we can do greater than what Jesus did. But that's what the Bible says. We will do greater things than these. Again, I think it's phenomenally important that it comes right after the Beatitudes. Right after that. So let's break down verse 13. It says that you are the salt of the earth. It's up there. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Or, if you're a certain sect of the youth group, the version of the Bible says you are pink salt. Right? Raise your hand if you know what that is. kids seriously so here's the deal right just a quick side note i'm sorry this will take us to 2:30, but just a quick side note so there's a popular video game maybe your kids know it right now it's called fortnite yes settle down seriously it's called fortnite so a bunch of kids so oh man this is why i love being a youth pastor the community that we have here it's, it's phenomenal. So we meet on Wednesday night. It goes from 7 to 8.30. But honestly, if I didn't run them out, they would stay till 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. That's great. I love that. So there's a whole group of community that, that they go online and they play Fortnite together. They've created their own little group, <laughs> posse. I don't know what you call it, right? And it's called Pink Salt. Who knew? And don't even ask me why. I don't want to know why it's called pink salt. But it is. It is. But let's get back to the text, which would be good. So Jesus here is saying, you are salt of the earth, and if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Well, Jesus is using very common terms that the people of that day would really understand. 
Salt to us today, we do, we, it, it's a completely different meaning. Salt is really common for us today. Salt is on every table at every restaurant. It's probably in your kitchen. It's a whole tub of it. You probably know exactly where it's at. It's, we throw it on the sidewalk to not slip and fall. But it's very common. But back in the days of Jesus, it wasn't. Did you know that Roman soldiers were paid in salt? Hmm. Did you know that the Greeks considered salt divine? Did you know that in the book of Leviticus, and I love referencing Leviticus, Anissa, because I always joke in youth group, open your Bible to Leviticus, because that's what we're going to study. And they're like, oh, creep, that's not good. But there's a reference to salt in Leviticus. Did you know that the people of the day, the Israelites, were told to include salt in their grain offering? All their offering. So here's what's funny, right? I had a couple of kids last night. We went to Chick-fil-A last night after church, and they grabbed me a bunch of salt packets. So I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to start tithing in salt. I'm going to start throwing salt packets into the offering box back there. Only when Pastor Bob comes back. (laughs) Did you also know back then that salt was a preservative? It really was meant. They don't have refrigerators like we have today. We don't even think about salt as a preservative. I mean, maybe some of you do that might can or do other things, right? That the the normal person just goes to King Supers for or whatever store you shop at. But salt back then was really used as a preservative. It was used to prevent decay. It was also used as a disinfectant. Did you know that the, the phrase pour salt on a wound? Most of the time it was used in a, in a negative connotation, but it really is positive. It's used as a healing agent. Huh. It takes out bitter taste. It's a flavor enhancer. It's valuable. It was actually used in those days as money exchange. When they went to go buy things, they could buy it with salt. That's awesome. I got like 30 bags in my pocket. I'm going to Chick-fil-A and say, I want a chicken burger. Chicken burger? Wow. I want a chicken something. The people of that day really understood what salt meant. But the Bible says you are salt. So let's turn it a little bit. Let's use the properties of salt and let's talk about how we're supposed to operate in the world. You are salt, right? And it says we are to preserve the world from decay. We are supposed to keep it from spoiling. We are supposed to disinfect a dirty world. We're supposed to take the bitterness out of the world. We're supposed to, this, this, I take this one to heart. We're supposed to enhance the flavor of the world. I'm not sure the world can handle more than one of me. <laughs> Ask my parents. They're here. <laughs> Where there is strife, we need to be peacemakers. Where there is sorrow, we need to minister Where there is hurt, where there is sin, where there is hatred, we need to exemplify the love of Christ. 
You want to know what it means that you are salt? Take the properties of salt, and that's how we're supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to be. But let's look at the second half of that. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And the people of that day really understood what that meant. We need to understand the value of salt. The people understood what the value of salt was. And if you value something, you're going to protect it. The only way for salt to get contaminated back then, that if something were to come inside the salt and contaminate the salt, some foreign agent, right? Some foreign thing, right? It would contaminate the salt. So the people back then did whatever was necessary to protect their salt. They protected things from contaminating the salt because it was valuable to them. Man, I wonder how much we do to protect us from being contaminated by the world. So I think part of our problem is, is we don't get necessarily the value of what Christ done for us on the cross. Did, done for us, did. I don't even know, I'm a math major, so I don't really care. I did for us on the cross. We need to understand the value of what Christ did. I think we, the more we understand the value of what Christ did on the cross and the position and the identity that it places us in, the more we're going to protect us from being contaminated from the world. And then it goes on and it says, what good is salt if it's unsalty? That doesn't mean that you're going to be tossed out. That just means you're not as valuable as God designed you to be. He wants us to go out and be salt into the world. That's why I think it said earlier that you will do greater things than I, because he's got to go to the Father. But he needs people like us to go out there and be salt. You know, salt really only works well if it penetrates food. Penetrates You know, I think one of the hardest things to understand or hardest things to do, and really for young people, the hardest things to do is to penetrate the world but not be contaminated by the world. That is super hard. Again, that's why I think it's really cool that this follows the Beatitudes because the more you work on your attitude, your Beatitudes, your blessings are the more you're going to value what Christ did for you and the more you're going to protect yourself. Look at James 1.27. It says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's hard to do. In our culture today, man, especially if you're a young person or older than young person, That's hard to do. But we need to seek God out and let him shine in us. Okay, good. We're only a third of the way there, and I have six and a half minutes left. Oh, I wasn't going to say time. Sorry, Jonathan. Here we go. Let's go on to verse 14. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Again, it says you are 
light of the world. You are. You will be seen. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are light of the world. You will shine wherever you go. Lights are meant to be seen. That's their purpose. That's their goal, right? I love light. We all do. Okay, a couple of things. Look at this picture. This is a picture of a, of a, a, a looking at Lookout Mountain, looking over the Denver city. That's a cool shot, right? Lights were meant to be seen. Look at this next picture. Even if it's one light, it's designed to be seen. Light is cool. Light is mesmerizing. Light is attracting Man, I hope you all are getting this. But it says you are light in verse 14 and 15. Let me me just tell you a little side note. Man, we're going to take this little rabbit hole, but I think it's important because you've got to understand your identity to really understand the concept of you are light. You are light. It says in 1 John 1, 5, right? Do we have that slide? That's the one that I told you. There you go. You guys are awesome back there. Okay? This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Man, you've got, I found the coolest little thing that really illustrates John 1, 5. So I have a candle. Oh, I need something else. That's awesome. I did this last time and almost set my shirt on fire. I'm a youth pastor. It's okay. Got it under control. Okay, this is awesome. Oh, here we go. So it says, in him there is no darkness at all. Maybe some of you have seen this illustration. I don't know. But I think this is the coolest illustration that I've done. I've showed it to the kids a couple of times. But I love this illustration. In him, there is no darkness at all. And the him that is talking about, it's talking about Jesus and it's talking about God, right? In him, there is no darkness at all. There is no shadow for the light. There's no darkness. Man, you've got to get this. You've got to understand your identity in Christ. There's no Darkness. What Jesus did for you on the cross took care of your sin. It's gone. I'm shaking. This is all. I'm going to drop the candle. We're going to light the thing on fire. That's awesome. Get the fire extinguisher. There's no darkness. Man, you've got to understand your identity in Christ. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's you. You are light. There's no darkness. Man, you have got to tell the devil to get out of your head. The devil is trying to tell you, I can't be light. I messed up yesterday. I clicked on something I shouldn't have clicked on. The computer. I did some things that I shouldn't have done. Yes, we all sin. Go to God, confess your sin. Doesn't negate the fact that you are light. God sees you through the cross of Christ. In you, there is no darkness. Man, my, my amen are in the back. Better be waking up, man. That's all I'm saying. Man, we've got to see ourselves correctly. If you don't, so here's what's great. Because it says you are light, right? 
A light is designed to not be under a bowl, like that section of Scripture says that we just read. If you don't see yourself, it's like that Scripture, that you're a light under a bowl for no one to see. You're not used as God designed you to be. As God designed you to be. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, you've got to see yourself correctly. There's no darkness in you at all. Put up that one picture of that one light with the, the one light, with the, the chair in there. Right? There's darkness all around that. But there's no darkness in the light. Thank you. You can come to youth group anytime. I'll give you a free snack shack. The kids know what that means. It's okay. Light illuminates the darkness. Man, that's what we need to do. We need to be out there. We need to illuminate the darkness. All right? Look at John 1, 4 and 5. It says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Man, that's good news. That's good news for you, for me, for everyone that calls on the name of Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The darkness has not overcome. That's good stuff. Well, let's look at it this way. So I'm going to do a couple of things. Right, I need some help. Austin, can you do me a favor? Can you go blow out all those candles right there? And I'm sorry if you lit a candle for somebody, we'll still pray for them. That's awesome, right? But, but we're going to do something maybe out of the ordinary because it's youth group. Um, or youth group. Ha! It's youth Sunday. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn out the lights. Right? Only for a second or two, right? And it's going to be very quick. If you've got young ones that you, that's on your lap, just, just hang on to them a little bit because I don't want anyone to freak out. But we're going to turn on the lights, off the lights, right? So turn off the lights. Man, that's dark. I mean, there's some light that bleeds in through the door. Someone's phone is going off. That's awesome. There's an emergency somewhere. Great. There's a light going on. But if all it takes is one light, one light and the darkness starts to disappear. One light. Man, I'm telling you, you're a light. Where you are today is you're a light. Where you, where you work, you're a light. Where you go to school, you're a light. Shine. But what if there were more lights? What if there were more lights? That's cool. That's a church. Turn the lights back on, please. If you're a youth, you can put your flashlight underneath your chair because I know you'll be playing with it for the rest of the message. <laughs> Man, you start getting a whole ton of lights together and things get a lot brighter. And that becomes a group of people and that becomes a church. But God didn't design us to be just a church. 
God says you are light of the world. Yes, we should shine as a church. And I think we're doing that here. I think we're shining as as much as God has given us and and is bestowed upon us. We're shining like, like, like craziness right now. We should be the brightest. I mean, I mean, people should be coming over Lookout Mountain and we're like, oh, yeah, there's DCC right there. DCC! <laughs> Youth is sleeping over there. Man, churches, all Bible-believing churches, man, they should be sucking the power grid. But God didn't design us to just be a church. God designed you and I, every one of us, says you are light of the world and you need to go out into the world and shine. Where you are today, you need to let your light shine. I'm really happy that my father is here today. Because when I remember when I was young, I always wanted to help my dad do things. And I'm pretty sure when I was young, I was more in the way than I was helping. Anybody? Any parents? Any fathers? Right? My dad's shaking his head. No, you won't. Well, you're just old. That's okay. <laughs> Kidding. I love my dad. My dad. You guys have been praying for my dad. You want to see a miracle? There's somebody walking around right there. But when I was little, I used to always help my dad. You know what my job was? The light holder. The lights, right? Somebody's shaking their head. Here, hold the light. Right? So that would be a situation where we're working on the car, right? And he's in the, in, under the hood of the car, and he's trying to fix something, and, and I, he says, hold the light. And I would get distracted like any young boy would do, and be, the light would be on the hood or whatever. And he's like, I can't see, right? Or we'd be in some dark place in a house, and we'd be working, in, and he says, Craig, hold the light. Here's my question. Maybe it's a statement more than a question. Isn't that what we're called to do in the world? Hold the light? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is hold the light? Who are you holding the light for? Friend? Relative? Who are you holding the light so they can see in the dark? Come on, Andy. I need your help up here, man. That was good right there. (laughs) Who are you holding the light who are, you letting, who are you holding the life so that they can see in their darkness? Look at the sun and the moon, right? The sun and the moon. The sun, they both are, they both shine and they both, re, they both give out light. But one is the source and one just reflects the light. We're called to be the moon. We're called to reflect the light of the sun. S. O-N. Thank you, Andy. It took you a long time, but that's okay now. We're called to reflect the light of the sun, the S-O-N. You see, the source of the power is not our own. The source of the power is God. So let's go back to verse 16. So we talked about you are salt. We talked about you are light. Why? Why does it say this? It says it in verse 16. Verse 16 says, in the same way, because it talks about put a light on a stand so that it can be seen. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good deeds and glorify who? God, Father in heaven. Man, if you're being salt and light and you want people to see you do good things, then you're a Pharisee. 
But if you have a pure heart and we're out doing being salt and light in the world, then God the Father gets the glory. God the Father gets the glory. Let's look at it this way. Here's a light that I have right here. Right? So this is a cordless or a cordless whole set drill and everything that I bought. I think we've been married 30 years. I think I've had it now for 15 or something, right? Um, so I found it in the garage yesterday. And so I lit it up, and here it is. Here's a light, okay? So this is kind of how we operate. It says you are light. You are light. You're going to be out in the world, and you're going to be doing light things, and you're going to be showing off your light so that God the Father gets the glory. But at some point, this light is going to dim. Why? Because it lacks power. Man, I'm here to tell you at some point, maybe you need to unplug. Somebody listen to this and say, amen. You might need to unplug from the world. I just broke the bulb. And you need to plug into the charger. Man, I know it's simple. I know it's easy. But we need to do it. We need to plug in. We need to get powered up, so to speak. We need to let the juice of Jesus flow in us. Wow, that was good. I, that just came to me right there. Wow. <laughs> that might be a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or something. Wow. Man, we need to plug in. Worship team, come on up. So maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, so what do I do, right? So maybe, maybe there's more, but I've kind of summarized. Maybe you're sitting into three camps this morning. Maybe you're sitting into a camp that says this. Maybe you're stuck on the you are part. Maybe you're not feeling, I'm not. You don't read scripture that says you are. You read it that says I'm not. I don't believe that I'm the light or the salt. Maybe that's where you're stuck. Clear at the beginning. Well, man, I want to tell you there are people here that want to pray with you and for you. And we want to show you God's love like you've never experienced it before. So, man, I want you to find a prayer team. We have a prayer team here at this church that has a heart to pray with people. But maybe you're feeling like you're a little dim. Maybe your light is running on low Jesus juice. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, maybe you just need to get on the charger. Maybe you need to spend time with the one that can charge you. Maybe you need to unplug from so much stuff, maybe good, and spend time with the charger, with Jesus. Or maybe you're on the other side that says, man, I'm feeling good. 
I'm charged up, I'm ready to go. Well, I want to encourage you, let your light shine. Just like the song, this little light of mine. Right? Go out, shine. Man, the world needs us to be salt and light. The world more than ever needs us to go out and be salt and light. So this is what we do here at this church, right? We do communion every Sunday. And it's an opportunity for you. Man, I just want to encourage you, don't go through the motions of communion. Don't go through the motions. Man, you've got to understand what communion is. Communion was something that God designed so that we can do this in remembrance of what Christ did on the cross. And you've got to understand that Jesus sacrificed himself for you and I. So that we can have relationship with him. The veil was torn. We have free access to the throne. We have free access straight to the charger. That's good news. So when you take communion, man, you've got to acknowledge that. Maybe there's some work that you need to do. Man, they're going to sing a song right now that's called You Won't Relent. One of my favorite songs. Why? Because we have a God, the Father, that's not going to stop coming after you and I until he has it all. That's what the song says. But it's more than a song. It's God's heart for you. It's God's heart for you. He's going to come after you and keep coming after you and keep coming after you and keep coming after you until he has it all. So, man, when you take communion today, here's the deal. My son and I, which I'm really privileged that he's going to be, he's going to help and he's going to serve communion up here, right? Or you can do self-serve at the crosses, right? But if, seriously, if you need prayer for something, please go find someone in the back that's got a lanyard that says prayer. It's a dead giveaway. If that doesn't work, find me. I'd love to pray with you. But do some work. Do some work. Don't leave today, this morning, without being ministered to by God Almighty. Let's pray. God, man, I thank you because you won't relent. I thank you that you keep coming after us. I thank you that you love us so much right where we're at, right where we at, right where we came into the door. I thank you. Father, I just want to be the brightest light, the saltiest salt, whatever it takes, Lord. I want, I want to be just used by you. I want you to fill me up, God. Set a fire in my soul. Set a fire in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.
right there like seriously good and if you need to stay and take care of some more business please do they're going to play again and play a little bit more please stay and don't leave and let some stuff still hanging out there that you need to do some work the prayer team is still going to be back there they would still love to pray with you 
Man, I'll be back there. I would love to pray with you. But man, we just want to bless you. We want you to go today. We want you to go filled up how much God loves you and how much God is after you. So we just want to bless you now. God, we just come. We give you thanks again. All praise, all glory, all honor go to you because you are God. You're the source of light. We just want to reflect it. So as we go, Lord God, let us reflect your light to wherever we go. So Father, we thank you. We praise you. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Hey, have a great day, everybody.